So welcome back to um, episode four. Episode four. Um, from the Dog Classroom podcast. I'm Anne-Marie. And I'm Amelia. And uh, when we were going through what we wanted to start off with these podcasts, um, we knew definitely that we were going to add in COVID dogs, COVID puppies. puppies. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. not even puppies anymore. I guess. No, they're not. They're, no, they're not. Some people will call them um, not only COVID puppies. What was the pandemic puppies? Pandemic puppies. That was the other thing. So basically, is um, it was interesting uh, as to I don't want to say what happens, but when COVID first started, or even in the middle, a lot of people, I believe, were getting um, puppies and dogs because a lot of us had to start working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of us saying we already partly work at home, partly partly work out, but um, in different um, professions, they're working at home. And a lot of people thought it was a great time to get a dog because they can spend the time, I think, like house training. Yep. hanging out with them, that sort of thing. So it it became such um, a wide, um, there was a lot of puppies. <laughs> there were so many puppies. Yeah, so. Like places ran out, uh, like, you know? Yes. They weren't, you weren't able to get a puppy. Yeah, so the other thing where a lot of different breeds popped up, a lot of different breeders, mm-hmm. um, as far as um, there was um, a lot of dogs are being also adopted from rescues, so yep. not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but it also affected um, it affected us trainers a little bit. But we were honestly dictated by um, the different COVID laws that were put out. Is you know we were allowed to train, we weren't allowed to train. We ended up going online. Um, or we were only allowed outdoor training, which was tricky when it was February. Yes. Yeah. So um, just to get into it more, I want to discuss sort of some of the side effects that we're seeing um, with these with these COVID puppies. So basically, what what I feel was happening, and you can pipe in at any time from talking to people that we as um, socialization community weren't say going out and socializing yes. as much. Yeah. Right. Um, or definitely, definitely we weren't having as many people over to our house. Yeah. We weren't socializing indoors and I think we weren't socialization or we weren't socializing, sorry, as much with people. Right. Then if if we're not socializing with people, our dogs aren't seeing people and our dogs aren't seeing people and other dogs. Yes. Right? Sometimes they would see dogs. Like we were able to do that one where they could drop off the puppies. Right. Um, but yes. they still didn't really see. No, because you know, wherever people. usually there's a dog, there's a human. Yes. Okay. So the main issues we're seeing now post COVID-ish is um, separation anxiety. Absolutely. And um, I would say almost, I don't wanna, I don't wanna say leash reactivity, but walking. I was thinking leash reactivity. Okay, leash reactivity, leash walking with distraction of people and dogs. Yes. Okay, let's put it that way. I would say leash reactivity and also maybe um, like more fear-based behaviors as well. Okay, yes. That we're seeing Um, also in the house, right? Because if they didn't see anyone in the house and someone comes in, it's it's almost a scary thing for some So dogs. greeting. 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 Sure. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, because a lot of us were, you know, 10 feet, yeah. which again, isn't bad to see people for socialization, but it's actually having the people come in the door. Yes, and actually being within that like bubble distance. Yeah, and seeing say. the bottom half of people's faces was yes. new for a lot of dogs. Yes, it's a good thing. Okay, that's awesome that you brought that up because I would say when we first started classes back, everybody had a mask on, mm -hmm. but I feel the dogs did absolutely amazing they did yeah with people wearing masks i don't think there was i didn't even really notice like they didn't have any issues like with hearing them or responding or then they um, weren't super stressed to even seeing us moving around with them on i just think dogs in general did absolutely amazing for people covering up half their face yeah yeah so definitely want to give them credit for that for sure and and the other part of that is maybe um just for the handling aspect right like because not to get into it but a lot of people didn't go to the vet or the groomer because they they were also closed um and to pipe in there the vets and the groomers or you had to drop them off yes and you weren't allowed to go in with them but we're gonna just let that no but i'm lie. just saying as far as the handling like it just didn't happen handling yeah so amelia's meaning like physical, physical exam handling. being touched um, by different people, ears checked, eyes checked. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Yes, for sure. Okay, so let's go to, I wanna talk about the separation anxiety part. Okay, so what happens is everybody's working at home, so excited, we get puppies, we're home with them. <laughs> I think some people work crate training, I would say, when yeah. they're on. At but, least at night. Yeah, but I think a lot of them got in where you're sitting there online, dogs laying at your feet. Yeah. Right? So they're used to, and then too, we're not going to movies at most. We went out to go grocery shopping. And even then, it was only one person at yeah. sometimes, so somebody was home. Yeah. So they had that. And the thing is, um, a lot of people, I don't think we're thinking about the future when I go back to work. I think a lot of what was happening was it was living in the day in the moment mm -hmm. because honestly, every few days something seemed to change, right? It did. When it came to restrictions and doing things. So I think a lot of us were just honestly living it day by day in the moment. So you're not thinking, okay, six months when I go back to work, how is my dog gonna react? We just assume that the dog is gonna be fine, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, some people got to go back to work slowly, but then we have all these dogs where they had people 24 seven, and now there's a morning routine, person's gone for eight hours, and then they're home. Mm -hmm. And then when they're home, then we have the dinner and the whatever, where the dog used to be part of the main focus. Yeah, they were like, that's all you had to do was walk your dog at that time, right? Like, that's pretty much all we could do. So they went from getting lots of walks, lots of exercise, lots of attention, probably having most of their needs met as far as like, yeah, you know. So I would say, you know, ideally for those of uh, the listeners that are working from home, just getting them used to staying short periods of time and slowly increasing it. The other thing is don't go from not having a crate to one day putting the dog in the crate and leaving. Yes. You got to train it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people don't know that because there is like, like you said, in I think the last episode, there's so much out there on the internet. So some people go, oh, well, dogs just naturally love crates and you can just put them in there. And it's like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no they don't. They don't want to be no. confined. 
No. And you, again, looking at their needs, like we'll use the crate like for house training, even for puppies. And another option would be gating them into the kitchen. Yeah. Closing them into a guest room. But again, not having them spend any time in those locations previously and then all of a sudden just going. Because your dog probably wasn't hanging out in the kitchen by themselves, right? Yeah. And now you're asking them to. The other thing is being physically separated from the person a lot of the time is an issue. So if you had your dog in your office and you're working on the computer and then one day you put up a gate and you don't let them in, it's like, what's going on? And the dog's going to be a little bit upset. And now all of a sudden you're not only separated from them in the house, but you're separated from them and you're leaving the house like that. Yeah. That could be like some true separation anxiety, right? From yeah. that one person. Yeah. So so when we're talking, if, if some people are wondering about separation anxiety, um, and I, I don't want to say I'm talking about um, not severe. I am talking about not severe. Like I'm talking about um, possibly whining, barking, drooling, um, possible urination, defecation. Um, if chewing we're, to get out of a room. Yeah, chewing to get out, which scares me yeah. because too many dogs have hurt themselves trying to chew out of kennels. And it saddens me a little bit when people say, I've had to buy five kennels and now I padlock the kennel. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? Because I want them to spend the time training the dog to be comfortable left alone, not trying to continue to lock it up because there's huge emotion there. Yeah. Huge and it is. It's upsetting. Like the dog is fully in distress, and I know this because Snark had really yes. bad separation anxiety. Yes. Um. And I try. I did the kennel. I think for like, I don't know, a couple of months. Like I tried training it, and you it just up. eventually was like he's in distress. Like this was before, um, like Zoom was even a thing. So what I did was I had my laptop on Skype back in the day. And um, I left it on there and I would like Skype with him while I was at work so I could see him. And yeah, I remember watching him chewing at the side of the kennel, um, pushing against it to the point where he was moving across the room. Yeah. And I just went home and I just got him because it was like that dog is panicking. Yes. That dog is not misbehaving. Yeah. The dog is panicking. And that's, yeah. I think, really hard for some people to understand when they just go, oh, he ripped up you know, something on the floor, he, he's upset or he's mad at me or. But I think the other thing fair to say in COVID has caused a lot of anxiety and stress on people. Yes. So I really think that we need to realize that is happening in these dogs and they do feel those emotions. Yeah. And well. I think um, like, especially for people who were in Uh, different fields where it was like you're in the office today you're not in the office today you're in the office like the schools for example you have a a teacher in your home yeah and it was so much back and forth and it was just like it was constant stress and constant change yeah where I think maybe for some dogs they they just they went from you know okay the person's home every day and then they're not and then they didn't like that for that week you know, the person's away, so I'm panicking this week, and then they come back and I feel better. And then they go away again, it just gets worse every time. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what they can do. Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously train the leavings, okay? If you don't have the opportunity to train it officially, is there somebody else that can come let the dog out? Is there somewhere where you can drop the dog for a few hours? Yeah. That's an option. 
Um, another one I'm a huge fan of, actually three different. We can, I'm just going to mention it real quick. Um, not sponsored. No, nah, yeah, not <laughs> sponsored. Um, Thunder shirt, anxiety wrap. Okay. They wear it while you're gone. It's not only for thunder um, thunderstorms. If they won't eat it. Yes. Some dogs will chew them off. Stark. Yes. <laughs> then there is Adaptal. So it's a dog appeasing pheromone. What it is is the smell, I know it sounds a bit strange, smell of a lactating female, but it has a calming effect to dogs. And there's either a diffuser like a Glad plug-in or collar. And there's a spray and I just bought all three. So did I actually. <laughs> Um, because I went to camp and was staying in a new trailer and I sprayed the trailer. Give me go away. I'm doing it for my move. Oh yes. Right. We talked about your move. We'll have to talk about that one day. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, um, I like calming care, which is new to sort of on the line where I find a lot more people are taking probiotics or when you go to the health food store. Yeah. You so it's, find a, them it's for... a probiotic. It's not a drug. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because when you go to the health food store, you're finding probiotics not only for digestive stuff, right? You're finding them for other things. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what the dog thing is. They're absorbing the good bacteria to the brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, as a behaviorist, I'm recommending those things to help with the transition. But not all at once. No, because ideally that's going to cost a it's lot. It's going to cost, and then you don't know which one worked. So yeah. you're going, okay, my dog's better. Um, and you know, let's say, okay, the, you know, product X is the most expensive. I'm going to drop that one. And then you stick with the other two. And then, you know, you realize that it was yeah. the expensive one yeah. that was working. Okay. Um, so that's a good start for the separate, separate, uh, separate. Yeah, we don't need to do like the whole episode on no. separation anxiety right no. now. I'm sure that could be its own topic. So, so. that's, I think where we wanted you to start and just be aware of. Yeah, so you want to be aware that separation yeah. anxiety, and I think just most most dogs are okay, right? Like most dogs are pretty resilient. However, if your dog is in general anxious, like you should probably be more aware that yeah. it, they're probably going to have yeah. some kind of anxiety when you leave. Yeah. And but, I think that was something I did not consider when, okay. when Stark was a baby was that he was generally anxious and he yes. was, you know. And some dogs are. I find people are getting to know that they are, but there's definitely something you can do to help it. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with that is um, if your dog has severe separation anxiety where it's actually, you know, going after drywall, door frames, that sort of thing, you need to contact a behaviorist. Yeah. And I think um, specifically a veterinary behaviorist. Because yes, they which is tricky because prescribe. in Thunder Bay, we do not have one. Yes, yes. but um, I know, for example, that you can you can do referrals through your vet. Through your right? vet. So, so, well, I guess, again, um, contact your vet and, and it is a reason to go to the vet. Yes, um, because it is, there. it's a health issue, right? Yeah. And I say that as a person with anxiety, right, is that... It is an issue. It affects your life and and your dog shouldn't be suffering because there's a stigma around, you know, should the dog, you know, am I going to put the dog on meds and it's going to be a zombie? Like, no, you're putting, if it's that severe, right, you're putting the dog on meds to get them to a spot where you can do the training. 
It's yes. not just put them on meds and no. they sleep all the time and they're, no. you know, Anytime you have any type of anxiety, there's also um, behavior modification, fancy word for there's needs to be training. There yes. needs to be changes. So going back to the COVID specific issues and we're talking about the vet is from your sort of vet tech perspective, have you noticed any any big changes? Like was there a big difference when owners weren't in the room versus now that they're allowed back? I would say so for, again, I would go with dogs that were used to going in and out of the vet before COVID, nothing really changed. It wasn't a big deal. It's for the ones that had never been to the vet. Yes, the puppies. Puppies that had to go in without the owners. It was quite stressful. I feel like it it goes to show that there is like that bond between the person and the dog. Oh, absolutely. There's a trust, a respect and a trust. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, and then as far as the leash reactivity goes or the, you know, the fear issues that we were seeing is I remember way, way back, like beginning of COVID when at first it was like, if you're walking your dog, like you cross the street, if you see somebody, like you stay so far away yeah. from that person yeah. and their dog. And I think that's, that's actually good for a lot of puppies to be able to see the dogs at a distance. But then I think there's also the level of frustration that got built up because there was never a time where they got to see the other right. dog, right? But I adapt the the theory that um, it was still helpful to get them out and see people and dogs at a distance yes, absolutely. and not just keep them in the yard. But it was interesting. Some people like literally were not leaving their house and yes. neither were the dogs. So at least if they're out walking, they're seeing people and stuff. And it's almost like when they're seeing them at a distance, there wasn't an opportunity to say, greet every person or that sort of thing. So they got used to sort of letting things yeah. let lie. Um, but what's happening now is we even find this in classes where you know we had everybody separated by the gates and then as restrictions lessen, people are getting closer and more comfortable before we were very standoffish. Yes. Um, and some, some of the dogs definitely are having issues with that. So what we've been trying to is um, make people aware is if your dog is uncomfortable, they do not have to greet other people. And I say this a lot in dealing with the reactive dogs or even anxiety is um, they don't have to go say hi to everybody because they don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to. They're they're happy with their own people and they're quite content at seeing people 10 feet away. And I think it's it's important too. like where I was going was not necessarily that they should greet everybody in a walk. Right. I, I also don't do that anyway. No. Um, but when like, for example, um, I go for a walk and my dogs see dogs and it's not a big deal and we walk by, but they have their need to play with their species met because we go to your house and I play with your dogs. So they have dog friends. Yes. Right? They have the need met so that yeah. they can just go and walk by and it's no big deal. But I think what we were seeing was frustration because it was, I see all these dogs. And that is, that's a need for a lot of dogs is social interaction with their species, just not just people. Right. Um, and the thing is, especially puppies. Right. And they need to have that at the beginning to learn the appropriate play behavior skills. Yes. There we go. So the watching body language of other dogs, and I say they are missing that again, but 
when we talk about socialization, so there's a good part, is don't go to the dog park with 10 other dogs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, talk to your neighbor, friend of the family. Can I just, you know, go for a walk and hang out with your dog? Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually buddy, buddy. And that's what we're really trying to encourage to do is is don't go too overboard too quick. Just take it back and just allow their progression to happen. Yeah. And, and I think too, like when they're seeing people, because we also weren't seeing people, yeah, is you don't have to let the person come into your house and touch your dog, right? I think a lot of people forget that because they think, you know, the dog should accept this, but they've never learned how to accept this. So if someone comes into the house and your dog is upset, why can't they be at a distance? Why can't they be behind a gate? Why can't they, you know, come yeah. up when they're comfortable? Yeah. Why can't you go outside and greet that person? Why yeah. do they have to come into your house and immediately touch your dog? It, yep. just, it shouldn't be that way. But I think that's how, um, again, going back to like that old school sort of thinking is people go, dogs should do this. Yes. And dogs, and, they've never well, how. the same thing and not to get off topic, but a lot of people feel dogs should um, have children crawling all over them. Yeah. Anyway, no, we're going to let that one go. And we're going to- We're come. going back to our COVID puppies. Yeah. We're going to go back to the COVID puppies. So- the main two things that we saw change was the separation anxiety and I would say the socialization. What we're asking you to do as far as training is just slow it down, take baby steps and um, watch your dog because when you take baby steps, there'll be so many beautiful little successes. Yes, I love those moments. Yeah, and those definitely are super cool. I think um, if we relate it back to episode three as well, um, when you talked about distance duration distraction, mm -hmm. they probably didn't have any of those things. So maybe your dog is, you know, well-trained at home. Yes. Yeah. Right. Even if the, the people who took our online classes and the people who did things online with their dogs and they, you know, they worked on the training at home, if you don't take that out and do it somewhere else or do it, you know, with some level of distraction or, or, you know, some extra challenges. Yes, but slowly, just like we said again, we said in the house, in the yeah. backyard, in the front yard, on a walk, don't just take the dog to Centennial. And I like to say one D at a time too, like so it's either distance yes. or duration yeah. or distraction. I don't do all three at once. Yeah. So working on distance in your house might be a good one for the ones with separation anxiety, right? Can you go to the mat, you know, two feet away from me? Can you go to the mat? Yeah. Six yeah. feet away from me. Can There's definitely that? training opportunities that you could be doing in the house to help your dog be successful out of the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of the confidence will help inadvertently with the confidence. anxiety. Confidence is a good word. Yeah, because yeah. they don't have any confidence no. outside of the and house. And <laughs> I find all dogs, no matter what size, need a job because a job builds confidence. Define job. Job to me sits, downs, go to mat, Okay. walk and heal so they just need to learn stuff yeah they need they need mental stimulation and brain work and it's huge confidence building like look at how many of them go into class and put their feet on a plank <laughs> and the owner's just like oh my gosh and there and the dog's just like yeah yeah that's, that that's cool? a fun aha moment yeah. is when the dog touches something that they were like, okay, is this what you want me to do? And you see like the wheels turning, but that's how you build the confidence, right? Is by yeah. letting them try yeah. and and get it right. And so I was doing a game um, 
the 101 things with the box with yes. one of my classes. And I was like, this game is just about confidence. You literally put a box in front of your dog and you just click and treat anything they do. If they look at it, if they sniff it, if they, you know, and in your head, maybe you have, okay, I want them to put their feet in it. Yeah. But you're not luring them. You're not picking up their feet and putting it in it. You're working through the progress. And there's never a time where you say, you know, no, that was wrong. Here's a punishment because the punishment is going to decrease that confidence in that situation. Right. But what they're doing is to learn to offer their own behaviors and yeah. it's rewarding. It's rewarding and it yeah. builds sort of independence as well. Yeah. Because then they can think. Okay. So I think um, in talking about the um, COVID puppies mm -hmm. is um, we just wanted you guys to know that yes, it happened. Okay, you got the puppies then, but there's definitely things you can do now. Yes. Right? And you can continue to do. Yeah, I heard it actually. Uh, I can't remember where I read it, but they were calling it remedial socialization. <laughs> um, basically because the technical, the literal socialization when no yes has passed. You know, they're, yeah. not, they're not 16 weeks old anymore. Yeah. But you can do like remedial work. Like you can sort of like do parallel walking with another dog yeah. and work on like you know, socializing at, yes, you're still at a distance, but it doesn't have to be that, like, we're scared, right. so it's 20 feet away. Yeah. It can be going for yeah. a walk, you know, with a dog, or it can be, um, I saw uh, a few people bring their dogs to um, the, the festival thingies near the waterfront, yeah. and it's like, maybe that's overload for some dogs. Yeah. Like, I, I would think most dogs wouldn't want to be there, but if you're on the outskirts and you're far away and you're just listening to the sounds and you're just, you know, you can just do some socialization um, just using what's going on in the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, now there are things going on in the right. environment. Yeah, there is. Okay. So just to summarize. Yes. Um, we want you to don't feel overwhelmed. Create a little bit of a plan. Yep. And there is definitely things and people out there that can help you. And I would say with the plan is create the plan, but be flexible. Yes. Because it's never just, you know, the straight line of dog training. It's always going to have the ups and downs and sometimes things don't go as planned. And, and I just try to, I create like a, like a goal and I sort of. But don't, to me, I create a goal, but I don't put a time frame on it. Don't say in two days, I'm going to have this. In two oh yeah. Gonna Cause that's going to depend on your dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but it's like when my dog is comfortable doing, you know, staying in the kennel for two minutes with the door open, then we're going to have, you know, we'll move on to the next step. So yeah. I try to mark it out that way and, and just increase little by little. Um, so anything else that you wanted to add that you've seen, like with um, either, if you can think back to in sort of lockdown, what we saw with dogs versus now what we're seeing now that they're sort of coming out and doing more things. I just, like I said, the main, the main things I think is just getting back people back out there. Um, socializing member socializing doesn't necessarily mean greeting. It's just being out there experiencing, um, experiencing life and also experiencing people and things, um, in the house, but just don't over expect. Yeah. So keeping yeah. the expectations manageable. Yes. And not asking for too much of your dog. Yes. Um, and just realizing that maybe 
their socialization is a little bit stunted because of what happened, which I think um, we've got a lot of people who say like, my last dog did this, my last dog yes. did that. And focus focus on the dog you have yes. with the personality that you have and you have many more successes. Yes. Perfect. There we go. That's a good way to end it. So okay. I think uh, that wraps up episode four. Okay. Thank you. Make sure you like and subscribe.